Hey, peace, peace, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Goddess Talk Radio. I am your host, Daphne, and this is where you get to listen to phenomenal women share about doing extraordinary things while living their best lives. It's a total, complete celebration of the rise of the feminine divine. And boy, as I like to call it, the infinite she. Isn't she magnificent, wonderful, and glorious? Like, (laughs) like for real though. And I'm not just talking about the things that are, that we, you know, we deem to be uh, sweet and pretty and dainty, you know, femininity. I'm just talking about the feminine divine, that feminine aspect of our energy, you know, that allows us to receive and to be still and to be intuitive. And that's that aspect, none of it's really limited, but, you know, that aspect is not limited to just the, um, the woman's experience we all are comprised of the masculine and the feminine energy and we know for a couple couple millennia now it feels like it seems like and probably historically correct as well the feminine divine has been suppressed we've been taken out of so many aspects of life you know from religion to to the the workplace to how we do business so, you know, I can go on and on about that. I have a wonderful guest lined up on the other end of this um, segment. She is a Sangoma medicine woman, a shamanic healer, and she's going to talk all about her journey, how the feminine divine has been a benefit to her and her life, and so much more. I'm glad y'all tuned in. I'm so happy to have you here listening and sharing your energy with us. So, you know what that means. Join me on the other side of this segment. But in the meantime, I want you to enjoy this music break. Peace and greetings, everyone. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to Goddess Talk Radio. I am your host, Daphne, and this is where you get to listen to phenomenal women share about doing extraordinary things while living their best lives. It's all about the rise of the feminine divine here on Goddess Talk Radio. And if you guys are anything like me, you feel the presence of our ancestors, of your ancestors, um, cheering inside your bones and guiding and protecting and um, just really leading the way. So we are blessed during this time on earth to have individuals like my guest. She is a Sangoma priestess and shamanic healer. She's also the founder of Sacred Liberation. Everybody, please join me in welcoming Miss Gogo Tule. You there? Blessings. I'm here. Thank you. Yay. You're welcome. So please share with us what a Sangoma priestess is and tell us a little bit about your journey on discovering um, this aspect of yourself. Yes, absolutely. So a Sangoma is an African traditional healer. Um, the Sangoma is the term that is really used and familiar in southern, re- southern regions of Africa. Um, and a Sangoma basically is um, the original doctor, the original counselor, mm. the original seer and diviner, ones who are able to connect with this physical realm and the spirit realm in a way that um, allows for healing and messages to come from the divine 
from the ancestral realms, from the elemental beings. And so um, as a Sangoma, I am really just uh, a, a spiritual leader in, in my community. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and most people are familiar with the term shaman, which is a, a Western term, but every region, every indigenous culture had its own word for it. And so that is what Sangoma is. And um, it's, it's a, a word that's um, specific to that region. Mm for the traditional healers. And basically, um, I kind of got into this path in a really roundabout way, um, in a really unexpected way. Um, I was actually born in West Africa. I came to the United States when I was about four years old. Um, my family, I was raised Catholic. I was raised in the suburbs. Everything was pretty much normal for most of my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't one of those people who just knew when they were younger or had all of these mystical experiences um I pretty much was really committed to being religious for a long time um but it wasn't until um I kind of just started to question and seek and wanting to go deeper into my understanding about God and my purpose and what it all meant and I felt like the more I tried to find answers on the religious path that I was given um the more frustration and the more disconnect that I felt, even though I really wanted it badly. I wanted to connect with um, with God in the way that other Christian folks did, and it just wasn't um, matching for me. And so I was really moved to, for some reason, it just started to bother me. Um, mm-hmm. And it started to take form in, in, in many ways in terms of actually depression and um, really feeling like I didn't know what I was doing and where I was going. Um, in my life with the the education and the upbringing that I was given. And so I kind of decided to be an explorer and and research and see what other people in the world have discovered about God and spirituality so that it could make sense to me. And um, I actually started off with um, really delving into metaphysical teachings, new age teachings and um, Buddhism and I really felt connected to that at the time because um, it was just answering questions that were bubbling up inside of me naturally. Mm. And and just little things started to point me in the direction of African spirituality. I really wasn't looking for that at first because I wasn't raised on it. Um, I didn't know anything about it. And the little bit that I did know was, you know, always talk about witchcraft and negativity and this being sent to this person and stay away from that stuff. Um, but luckily as I, I started my journey, I, you know, I attended a spiritual retreat led by a group of black women and I got to experience a native American switch lodge for the first time and more earth-based forms of spirituality, which eventually led me to a priestess or a healer or a Sangoma who is also an Orisha priestess and, um, and a Khan priestess who um, became my Baba, my Gobella, and my spiritual teacher. And that's when I actually found out that all this curiosity and all this wondering and all this disconnect was actually a part of a calling. And Mm. that I actually had ancestors who were healers, who were um, seers, who were diviners, who were calling me through these symptoms and through these curiosities um, to pick up the path and, and, and discover myself as a healer. 
Wow. And so is that what led you to start Sacred Liberation, your your business? Yeah, I I actually started off with um, just blogging because <laughs> I needed other people to um, connect with and other liked minds and um, and when I finished my training and process, I, you know, made everything more official with sacred liberation. And it really is more of um, a desire to be a place of inspiration. Um, mm-hmm. You know, sacred liberation just represents my journey, um, looking for the sacred and finding a sense of freedom from it. And mm-hmm. it has just felt like such a blessing that, um, you know, and there were times when I was looking for this, but I didn't know what it was called, you know, and um, my work is really just to, to answer those people who are asking these type of questions. Wow. And so you do that in a myriad of ways. Um, if I'm understanding correctly, you do ancestral readings um, and you also facilitate workshops and events like all across the world, right? Yes, absolutely. So- is there something that you have coming up uh, soon? Um, yes, I do have um, a retreat that's coming up in October um, here in the States in Alabama. It's the Sangoma Medicine Retreat. And basically it is um, a, it's basically a, um, it's really me just putting all of this work together is what I feel is really an um, opportunity for people to experience this work in person, an mm-hmm. opportunity for them to get away in nature, an opportunity for them to learn about what ancestral healing is, not only from an intellectual and workshop oriented um, perspective, but also from a space of ritual and ceremony. Mm. Um, and so for me, it's important to teach so that people can understand what this is. And then it's also important for people to show up because there's so much about ancestors and ancestral healing and spirituality that can only be experienced and felt and known um, for yourself when there is sacred space for that to happen. So that's what the the retreat is about. So how would you define um, doing the work Mm. from your experience? And why is that important? Yeah, I one to me doing the work is significant and important because we are literally feeling it and we are experiencing it. Um, you know, I feel like we're living in, you know, this is not necessarily new, but we are living in times where more and more people are feeling like something is off about the food that we're eating about the way that our governments are leading us, about the way that our spiritual leaders are leading us. They're feeling Mm -hmm. like they really need to understand their purpose or they're having family issues that seem generational or, Mm. you know, it's just a number of things that are happening with people. And this journey has showed me how deeply connected this is to the ancestors because they are our origin. They are the beginning of a lot of our our problems and also the beginning of a lot of our gifts and abilities you know even our desire to want to do something and bring something forth in this world there's an ancestral spirit that already did that that already Mm -hmm. has that ability and it's running through your bones and your blood and it's waiting to be activated in that legacy to continue 
So for me, this work is significant because it's something that we're feeling in conversations with people. Sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm connecting with folks and it's, we're not even talking about spirituality. They're just talking to me about their life or their family, or they're telling me about a dream that they had. And in it, I can see how they're having very deep spiritual experiences and realizations. Um, even people with mental health issues, um, you know, people who are seeing things and feeling things, or there's something, you know, happening in their mind that is just different. Um, there, I feel like many people who are called to a spiritual path are really called to be different in this world, and they feel out of place. And um, that that wholeness and that groundedness that they're looking for is a lot of times connected to our roots, connected to our lineage, and the stories that we come from, from from um, not only these ancestors, but these past lives that we've lived. Mm-hmm. Wow. Why is working with the ancestors? Um, well, well, we know a lot about the history and um, how ancestral worship has become something that is not, um, you know, looked at in, in a bright light. It was something that was, you know, taken away from us on, a, on our journey here to this um, land. Why is reconnecting to our ancestors um, a big piece of the healing process? Yeah. Uh, I, I think a, a big part of the healing process is understanding the source. You know, mm. why do I feel this way? Why am I stagnant? Why isn't this working? Why do I keep creating the same situation? Um, and, and one thing that I love about this journey is that I've had the opportunity to understand why, <laughs> you know, so many things have been going on in my life. Why do I feel off about this thing? You know, for example, um, you know, I, in, in my healing journey, I was able to bring back memories from not only, you know, my lives, but the lives of my ancestors. And I had this past memory that came where I was this woman and I was the chief priestess of a village and it was a lot of women and all of a sudden there was these men or um energies that were coming in and destroying everything and we were separated and um in my actual life I was excuse me I was having experiences where my feminine energy was out of balance you know um Mm. where I you know and no long, you know, I had a, it took a long time for me to really get into a space of trusting my intuition, not being so logical, um, and, and really being in a, in a living from a space of spirit, of truth, of connection, which is more of that feminine side of the, of our energy. And mm-hmm. I didn't understand why that was off, you know? And so having these stories come back, understanding why, what our phobias and our fears are about, you know, um, is really healing. Um, it puts, it connects the dots for us. So it gives us a place to start um, that is deeply rooted in the truth. I mm-hmm. also feel like ancestral healing is, is significant because, um, you know, when we talk about um, spirituality or, or um, anything that we really want to do in this world, you know, we have one thing that makes prayer, any form of spirituality or religion powerful is the many people that have already recited those prayers or invoked those mm. models 
There's this or in positions. It's like the energy that they generated with those prayers or with those medicines or those things that they use and they discovered there's power in that. And we are connected to those things. So um, there were times on my journey where I would try to do things like sit down and meditate. And it's like, it just felt like it wasn't working for me. (laughs) (laughs) And then there were times when I actually connected to something that was, you know, in my DNA, like the drumming and the sounds and the music and certain vibration that activated certain powers and abilities and wisdom within me. And so I feel like it's important to connect with whatever is in, you know, your spirit, in your DNA, in your, um, in your spirit, in order to find that wholeness that, you know, we are looking for in our lives and that balance. Um, so, yeah. Wow. That's so powerful. How would you describe the power of ritual? Mm. Um, I think that ritual is, such a powerful and beautiful thing because one it's there's a simplicity to it one um you know ritual is about just repeating a pattern um or repeating a practice over and over again until it now becomes a part of your being um and the most powerful thing about ritual is that it opens something it opens something or activates something within your experience or it makes a connection between you and um the spirit realm or you and your desired intention or request. Um, this is I I love ritual because it it gives me it gives us an opportunity to shift our consciousness, shift our experience, and to and it's you know it's magical. One thing I love about this process is that it's it gives us an opportunity to learn like what we really are and what we're capable of. Um, you know, for example, I for me. It wasn't until, you know, some rituals are for cleansing and opening. So there are rituals that we do to purge and release. Um, and I've had experiences with certain medicines or mutis that we, is what we call South Africa, um, where I was able to release certain things and actually able to tune into what I was releasing, what trauma, what past experience um, is being cleansed in this moment. Um, and actually feel it lift off of my body or lift off of my spirit and feel that opening. And, and the result, um, the benefit is that, you know, there's just a sense of, um, I guess, connection. And um, it's just like, it feels good. <laughs> you know, when <laughs> I think about the anxiety, the frustration, yeah. all that stuff, it's just, I've been in rituals and I've been in ceremonies and I finally, you know, I reach moments and points where I just feel um, connected. I feel balanced. I feel answered. Mm. Mm, wow. That is so, so, so powerful. So, okay. Another, another um, aspect of that question, what would you get, what advice would you give to someone who may shy away from the word ritual, but feels that they're drawn and called to do certain things? Yes. Um, the first advice I would give is to really, um, is to let go of certain <laughs> Uh, it's always something that you're going to have to let go of, you know, your way of thinking. And, you know, the word, it, the ritual is just a word, you know, we could call it 
good vibes. We could call it vibration. We could call it an activity. You know, one thing, you know, I've studied many different religions and different practices and, you know, it's, it's all about jargon. You know, I could talk about spirituality from an IT perspective, if that makes you comfortable, you know? Right. <laughs> so one is about releasing, you know, these words. And, and, and I understand the hesitation because especially for us here in the West, it's different, you know? When you go to Africa, they're talking about, you know, this curse and this hex. But un- one thing that I've really understood is that, you know, all these things, words are metaphors, you know? What is a curse? Mm-hmm. What is neg- what is an, a negative entity, you know, or a demon? A demon can be something as simple as a negative thought. Is you thinking negatively about the person next to you? That is creating and generating an energy, you know? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. how to talk about, you know, these things is not as important as just understanding how energy is moving in our lives and adjusting and changing things so that we can all be better, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so one, we have to let go of, of what we think it sounds like and also what we think it looks like. You know, one of the reasons why African spirituality has been so demonized is because these outsiders or Westerners came in and they saw people with some herbs and some candles or something and they, they assumed that it was evil. And mm-hmm. it's like, there are some realms, you know, that, you know, when I first stepped into this work um, and attended ceremonies, there was some stuff that looked you know, not like you're every day to me, you know, and it was like, but I had to give it a chance. I had to try it. I had to immerse myself. And, um, and so there's a level of with anything, you know, there's a level of discomfort that you have to be willing to um, let go of. Um, you have to take, I've taken many, many risks. Um, I've, risked not being accepted by my family members I've risked not being accepted by society I've um risked a lot and that one thing about spirituality no matter what path you take whether it's the kundalini path or something more um um you know common to people there's going to be an aspect of your spirit that is really challenged and that is unavoidable. And sometimes I think that I make this path sound so beautiful and, and, um, you really do. Yeah. Beautiful (laughs) and and just like, ah, the lights and all of that stuff. And it's just like, that is how I'm able to speak after the destruction. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That is what I'm able to collect after really looking at, um, the difficulty and the pain. I mean, um, I've had to to really face a lot of my own BS, um, my own darkness, and the darkness that is in you know the the negative side of the darkness that is in this world. And it's really not for. Um, I kind of want to say that it's not for the faint of heart, but it's not. It's like I don't feel like it's there's this work is something that is not for somebody. I feel like um, you can move at a pace that that works for you. Um, but mm. there are going to be times, there are going to be moments where, you know, the bandage is ripped off very painfully and that's okay because that is how life is. Yes, it's definitely a part of the process. And I think that um, a lot of the so, so-called new agey stuff has painted a picture of, oh, I can just say affirmations all day and light a candle and make wishes mm-hmm. and do these um, 
you know, little, I don't know, baths, and then things are going to magically, I mean, they will, it will cause a shift. It really will. But it's that work that you do, like you said, on the light side of the darkness, yeah. that destruction that really um, creates that path, you know, for the light to shine even brighter a lot of times. Yeah. And for me, that has been like the most magical part of doing my work. So if I never did a ritual other than facing myself in the light side of the dark. And like you said, re, you know, going through the, going to those painful places and um, having to practice things um, that are not so easy, like in my working everyday life, like I wouldn't be able to be so bubbly and, you know, happy and have the reap the benefits of doing the work, you know? What was someone who is getting an ancestral reading from you? What would they, um, what should they expect? Yeah. So um, an ancestral reading, um, I use the, my Oracle tools and um, in our tradition, we call it throwing the bones. And so when you sit in, you know, either in front of me in person or online and over the phone, um, what you can expect is for me to just speak and share and channel um, sometimes that means that my voice may change because the type of um, healer or medium that I am, sometimes the ancestors speak through me. And so it's their voice merging with my voice um, and, you know, the collective of spirits that I've initiated to. Some of them are really fiery, warriory, and some of them are really watery and, um, and soft. And so um I really, it's just, it's just about being open. I'm able to, um, to, to just basically tune in and use the Oracle tools to see into, you know, what's going on with you, what's going on with the people around you, your health, your, you know, your work and your connection to your ancestors and, and from an ancestral perspective, because it's about seeing your life from their perspective and what they see and what they noticed. Um, Mm. So it's really, it's mostly a conversation. um, Mm -hmm. And I usually, you know, it usually goes one of two ways. Either I just channel and share messages or um, we can start from your questions. And um, my readings are, you know, I are generally like a a general scope. So I give a lot of information and um, there are things that can be worked on for, you know, weeks or months and, or I can also do um, readings based on specific issues or things that are coming up with you. Mm -hmm. Um, They generally last between 45 minutes to an hour. And it really depends on what you bring to the table and um, your openness and your willingness, you know, sometimes people don't realize how their um, closedness or fear or, um, you know, whatever it is that they're coming with is can kind of block their ability to, you know, connect and get the messages that they need. So I always just say come with an openness, with, a, you know, just enough trust to open the door. And, mm. um, and it's always, it's, it's something that should You know, I I think that one thing that is important is that when sometimes when people get in the habit of going to readers or healers or gurus or whatever, um, we forget that we are also powerful. You know, we also have intuition. Um, And so it's always important before going to a reader to ask your own spirit first. 
Mm. Wow. Um, and to acknowledge your ability to know. And because a reading is really about a confirmation um, and also about extending the information that you already have. Wow. So powerful. Go, uh, go tell me and tell my listeners, how has tapping into that femininity, that feminine, well, I should say the feminine aspect of yourself um, served you on this journey? Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) We have a whole talk just on that. (laughs) Okay. Well, maybe just give me the first thing that comes to your mind. Um, For me personally, tapping into the feminine is really it's it's been freeing more than anything you know I think we're all at different spaces with it and I can only speak from my personal experience um you know I'm a very um I'm very much more masculine you know I'm very analytical I can intellectualize so many things and um there's a certain aspect of the feminine that you know, one of the terms that we talk about a lot in spirituality is surrender, right? Yes. And to me, in the beginning, surrender is like, it's just a word that people say, like, you're not giving me an eight steps, you know, one, two, and three. Like, how do you do that? How does it work? You know, and <laughs> one of the greatest things, you know, that I think I've gotten from the feminine is the concept of surrender. It means that, you know, I just let something go or I allow or I'm in a state of acceptance. And, you know, especially in our Western conditioning, we are taught that I have to do A in order to get B, you know, a certain result. And the feminine allows us to just be, it allows us to be in a state of devotion. It allows us to be in a state of stillness. It allows us to be in a state of prayer or waiting or patience. And without doing a thing, you can attract and shift circumstances. That's so powerful. Yes, and, but you have to be willing to be in that state yes. and trust that things are still going to be okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that is a major lesson that I learned. I continue to learn every day. Mm-hmm. And it's something, you know, when they, when they speak about the, the feminine energy rising and all of these things, I really feel like it's what we need in this world. You know, the feminine is what is going to help the earth not fall apart on us. Not that it could ever completely fall apart, but, you know, our care and our love and our, you know, our nurturingness to really extend beyond ourselves and our family and to go out into the world and into the community. I mean, the feminine will shift our economics and our politics, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's very, it's a hard state to to allow ourselves to be in because you know of survival mode or the logistics of things and um i i really respect the feminine and 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 all the last thing i'll say about the feminine is that it has also really shown me how um you know there's just there's cycles and I always talk about this spiral that is the feminine. It's going in circles. You know, sometimes I get really frustrated because it feels like I'm learning the same lesson again and again and again. Yes. um, That is never true. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm learning about self-love, but a new layer of it. Yes. Evolution that is happening. um, And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And and to me, all of these things are just freeing. It frees up our mind. It frees up our hearts, and um, it allows us to just be okay and not 
feel like there's something to fix all the time. Mm. I done yes and mm-hmm, you <laughs> so much on this end because I am just really, 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 really feeling everything you're saying. So before we wrap up, I need for you to tell us how can we come to your next workshop that you talked about that's going to be in October? Give us the name and um, how we can get tickets. Yes. Yeah, so um, the website for the retreat page is lionheartmedicinetour.com. Um, and that's where you can see all the um, information for the retreat and the past retreats and booking and, um, and all the information that you need to prepare and to reserve your spot. Um, so it's in October. It's the October 4th to the 7th. And all the details are on my website, on the retreat page and on social media pages as well. Wonderful. And if someone wants to follow you, like I do, on Instagram or book an ancestral reading with you, how can they go about doing that? Yes, you can always book um, my work, my readings and sessions on my website, sacredliberation.com. Um, you can also find my links there to Facebook and Instagram um, at Tule Heels. And um I'm always I'm mostly on Instagram, so that's the best place to get me. And um, I'm always, always um, sharing on the blog, sharing on videos, sharing um, what I'm learning as I'm learning it. So there's many opportunities and ways to connect. Yes. And where is the um, retreat going to be? I don't know if you mentioned that or not, but I'm taking notes and writing it down as well. Yes, um, it's at a family-run um, retreat center in Alabama, the Healing Exchange. Um, they have a beautiful property with the lake, and um, we have a sweat lodge set up there, and it's camping style, um, and people will be coming in um, if you're out of town into the Birmingham airport. So, and, and all of that information, again, is on, on the site wonderful well thank you so 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 much uh gogo for taking your time i know you are a busy woman um and coming on to the show and sharing your your jewels and your wisdom with us it is much 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 appreciated so thank you again thank you so much i appreciate um your work i appreciate you um listening to your spirit and and sharing women's work goddess work and um, it's always a pleasure to connect with you. Thank you for your time and your energy and all that you do in the community. I follow you as well. And I'm always so encouraged and proud by your projects. So it's, a, it's an honor and a blessing as well for me. Oh, yay. Thank you. <laughs> See, at Goddess Talk Radio, this is what it's all about, guys. A beautiful exchanges between human beings, between people, between men and women. 
between women, goddesses, so whatever your narrative is about your relationship with other women and people in general, after you listen to Goddess Talk Radio, I hope that helps change your your mentality and helps shift your energy so that you too can begin to engage in such a beautiful uh, way. So y'all know what time it is. Thank you for tuning in. It's not quite done yet. I want y'all to catch me on the other side of this segment. But in the meantime, you know what it is. I want you to enjoy this music break. Hey, so how was that? Like, did she answer a lot of questions that you may have bubbling around in your soul and your spirit? I got a feeling that she did. She dropped some powerful, powerful jewels, and I'm forever grateful for her and all of my other guests that have been on Goddess Talk Radio and for the many, 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 many more that are to come. So again, make sure you check out uh, Gogo Tule. I hope I'm saying the name right. Um, Check her out. SacredLiberation.com is her website. That's how you can uh, contact her for ancestral readings. Um, LionheartMedicine.com is how you can get in touch with her for her retreats. Um, There's one coming up in October in Alabama. So... You know, um, don't miss out on that. Make sure you put that on your list. All right, man, if you're on your journey, relax, go with the flow, you know, ride the waves, reach out, ask questions. Um, You're not in this alone. There are many people having similar experiences. You know, um, there are many people that are on the same path. Um, Just it might look, you know, different. But if we all open up and share, we'll learn and really figure things out. Um, And some things, you know, we'll have to use that magic word we talked about. We'll have to surrender and know that it's okay not to know everything all the time. Um, You know, that intuition is about knowing but not knowing how you know. You know, you just know. (laughs) You just know. Life is just like one big fucking riddle sometimes. But it's so true. Many different things can (laughs) exist in the same space. (laughs) At once, so you know, it's all good. It's all good. It's all divine. So again, thank y'all for tuning in. It's been real. Goddess Talk Radio. I'm your host Daphne. Check me out on memoirsofagoddess.com for your yoni eggs, yoni steams, waist beads. Um, yeah, make sure you're sharing these um, podcast links. Make sure you're inviting your people to listen, and please give us some feedback. Let us know. Let us know if we're hitting the nail on the head. Let us know if we're um, giving out some great information. Reach out to these people that I'm having. um, Come on and and share a piece of themselves with you guys, you know. We're all connected, and and it feels good to know that, you know, the time that we've taken to share uh, helps someone. So with that being said, because y'all know I can get on my soapbox (laughs) and talk, um... I'm going to get on up out of here. Be peace, be love, be joy, and I'll see y'all next time. Peace.